Hi, everybody. I sound tired because I am fucking exhausted. I went on a 10k run this morning and then I had a lecture which literally just ended two minutes ago. Um, and then I have another lecture. So I'm filming this in between, recording this rather, in between. I feel like I've started to start all these podcasts with like an update on how I'm doing, <laughs> which kind of sucks because I wish I could just be like, and how are you guys? And then have an automatic response. But obviously that's just not how this works. So, I mean, if you don't care, sorry about it. But um, I have been binge watching, well, binge rewatching Grey's Anatomy. And I don't think that's ever a good sign, you know, because that show just... <laughs> just makes me cry so much and it is honestly my favorite show in the world but um yeah I shouldn't be re-watching it the way I am and I'm literally just re-watching one episode um the episode in season 14 called who lives who dies who tells their story I'm not gonna spoil it in case you haven't watched that episode but if you know you know um and what else oh my god I started uni again oh imagine I I had my first like seminar as the first class back and I don't know if are seminars called seminars in other countries basically just like the class as opposed to the lecture um well yeah I had my first let's just say class I had my first class and my tutor was like okay everybody has to do a five minute presentation every week so guys I did in fact try this term um but that's just not going to happen for me, is it? So, yeah, I tried. But no. Just simply put, no. And the lecture I just had was so boring. I literally tried to pause it. That's where my brain's at. I'm just like, I don't know how long I can keep learning this way. I'm really not built for online learning. And I know that a lot of people are probably in the exact same position. It just feels so optional that I wake up I'm like I don't want to do it which is why now I'm like I have to run in the morning I don't often like running in the afternoon or the evening anyway but now that lectures have restarted I'm like I have to run first thing in the morning and kick off the day correctly otherwise I will literally be in bed until 1pm and I won't go to any of my lectures um but they keep obviously in the UK, you know, it's a bit of a shit show right now, but I think the thing in the air is that lockdown restrictions should be eased by March, which doesn't really mean anything for me because at the end of the day, uni's basically over in March anyway, um, and I doubt they'll make us just come back to do exams with that many people in an exam hall. Like, I still think that wouldn't be safe by March, so I don't think I'll be going to uni this year either which is so crazy because um like it's been over a year since I've sat in I probably know it's probably just about a year since I last sat in a lecture hall because my uni along with many other unis went on strike before the pandemic obviously they had no idea the pandemic was about to happen and you know be like this but yeah, the teachers went on strike, and I think it was like a good three weeks, and then I think there might have been like two days, maybe, where they were like, you can come back, 
but like at my uni there was already outbreaks of COVID on campus so I was like yeah fuck no I'm not going back are you absolutely insane um and then like they sent the email like oh we'll see you in two weeks and then two weeks turned into see you never and we are where we are and I don't know I don't know if everyone is feeling it in the air maybe it's because it's really gloomy outside and it's winter but this lockdown just feels a lot harder than the other ones I don't know I felt like in the first lockdown like in March of last year it was it was filled with hope like in the most naive ignorant way it was filled with hope we all thought it was going to be two weeks and everybody was like I'm gonna read all these books I'm gonna watch all these tv shows that I've never had time to watch I'm like I'm gonna take time for myself and then in two weeks I'll come back and I'll be a different person and people were doing like Chloe Ting and all these two-week workout things and then you know the two weeks turned into six months and it was just like the hope still remained because it was so it was like the first time so there was no precedent set of what would happen whereas now I literally have no hope like even like I was saying to my dad the other day I was like when do you think this is gonna be like okay and not I know we're never gonna go back to a pre-covid time like we're never gonna have life the way it was in 2019 but I don't know I just like my biggest thing is like when can I work out again which I know is like like I'm so lucky for that to be my biggest worry you know but yeah I was just talking to my dad about it and he was like honestly like no time soon because there's just so much that's changing from March like if we just did it correctly in March we'd we'd be okay right now but like all these mutants and like the vaccinations and stuff like that it's just so up in the air right now and it's horrible and the uncertainty is dreadful and oh my god sorry my apple watch just went off um yeah like I think the uncertainty is the thing that makes this whole situation a lot worse than it is or at least a lot worse than it was last March yeah I don't know it's 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 a weird one because it's something that nobody's ever experienced before and we're all experiencing at the same time, but we're all experiencing it so differently. Like there are some people who may be absolutely thriving in this lockdown and there are people who like are just not having a fun time, you know? And I don't know. I feel like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm so honest on here anyway. Like this has honestly been one of the most stressful weeks for me. I don't know why, like nothing's happened apart from the fact that I've gone back to uni, but that's not like, the cause of my stress if that makes sense like I have just been crying uncontrollably for about seven days and I have no idea why like the tiniest things will set me off and like it started because I watched like I was already in a bad mood and then I watched Grey's Anatomy and I was like sobbing uncontrollably and I saw this TikTok where I was like take a picture every time you have a mental breakdown and I used to do that anyway but I always delete them but now I've created a folder on my phone um and the only reason I did it is because I didn't realize I was wearing mascara when I was crying. And so I went to look at what I look like. And I literally look like someone from Kiss. I was like, this is fucking insane. Like, I look, I look like a crazy person. But it was funny. So I kept it. But um, 
yeah, I don't know. I've just, I've just been crying a lot, which is normal. It's okay. And I know that it will eventually end and it will pass, but yeah, I'm just going to be real because I don't want to lie to you guys, you know, but yeah, I've just, I've been a, a hot mess. And it sucks because when you're like that emotional and that sad, you're kind of like, oh, this like is never going to end and I'm just going back to the way that I used to be or like, why am I not getting better and things like that? And I think especially for me, and funny that I say this now, because that was like one of my first TikToks that blew up. I made a TikTok and I was like, I don't understand because I eat so healthy and I work out so much and I meditate and you know I do all this shit that everybody says will make you happy and I was so sad and this was in the second lockdown I think and I and like so it was really comforting because so many people were like no I'm the exact same um but I think that's kind of what upset me the other day because now like I used to do a 5k run like that was my run and that was the only run I did in the day and now I know I can do 10Ks easily. So I make sure I do a 10K every day. And I'm like, how can I, but at the time, like a few months ago, I was like, how am I running 5K every day? I'm like only temporarily getting this burst of endorphins and then crying in the evening. And then, and that happened the other day. I did a 10K in the morning and I was like on top of the world and I was like oh my god you know like that burst of serotonin and endorphins and just the neurotransmitters kind of flying around your brain after you do like an epic workout that's how I felt and then literally within three hours I was in tears and I was like what the fuck is going on but yeah we're coping we're coping I do think it's just the fact that I am not speaking to anybody and like in normal times like in a non-covid world I am a very antisocial person anyway. I don't I don't text people. I don't I don't have the FaceTime app on my phone. Like I really don't enjoy phone calls or FaceTimes or anything. Um but because I'm a student and because I work out so much and because I live in London, I do see people a lot and I like have a lot of human interaction and I just think maybe that's it's taken nearly a year, but I think it's starting to, you know, have an impact on my brain. And I think that might be why I was so upset. Yikes. Anyways, don't mean to put all my problems onto you guys. Just thought I'd give you the daily update that apparently took 10 minutes. But I do want to speak about the pandemic because, I mean, I made this podcast in the middle of the pandemic. And I genuinely thought, like, when I made it, that there would be a time where I would be recording within the next few months and we wouldn't be in a pandemic and I'd be able to like you know bring my friends on and I don't know just I didn't foresee this pandemic being the way it is and I think many people also thought it would be over by like at least summer but it isn't and here we are and I think it's really important that you remember that what people show on Instagram and social media is literally just a highlight reel you know I I'm sure there are some people who are absolutely loving this lockdown but there are also people who are who are having a horrible time but they're not going to put on their social media you know it's a highlight reel you show your best bits like let me look at my Instagram story right now and I'll tell you guys what's on it 
Baron and I have said that I've been crying all week. So, okay, I <laughs> I have a picture that says it will fucking be okay, and it's like I actually I actually put it up as like a reminder to myself. But um, it's from this Instagram page that's I think it's called Good Fucking Design Advice, and it was just on my popular or explore page, whatever it's called. I don't know. I'm such a grandma with Instagram. And then I have a picture of this oats milk chocolate that I got yesterday, well, last night. And I don't even like chocolate. I really don't enjoy eating chocolate. I, like when I was a kid, now I don't eat chocolate because I don't eat dairy. But when I was a kid, I I hated chocolate. Like you would not get me to eat a bar of chocolate. I don't mind white chocolate, but milk chocolate is disgusting to me. But I was at Hampstead Heath yesterday. Um, and I walked from like the Hampstead Heath entrance where like the hospital is, like outside Hampstead Heath station to the complete opposite side of Hampstead Heath, which is where, uh, I think it's like Parliament Hill Fields. I think that's what it is. Anyways, we walked there and there's like cute independent like butchers and grocery stores and stuff. So we went in and this is me and my dad, by the way, I'm not breaking lockdown rules. I was just on a, a daily walk with my dad and they had all these chocolates and then they had this oat milk one. And obviously I love oat milk. So I was like, I'm going to go and get this. And it was seven pounds. And I literally sat there and I was like, why did I just spend seven pounds on chocolate when I don't like chocolate? And it was okay. It's still chocolate at the end of the day. And I, I didn't enjoy it, but I put it on my Instagram and I had a bunch of people be like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, where'd you get that from? And like, my point here is that like, you just never know what someone's going through when they post the happy part of their day on Instagram, you know? Like, I know that's not deep and profound, but like I posted a picture of chocolate because I associate myself with oat milk, I guess. And I didn't even like the chocolate. And I was like, oh my God, oat milk chocolate besties, you know? But anyways, and then the next one was... um a Spotify share link thing of Misery Business by Paramore. I mean, that's my, that's one of my favorite songs, so whatever. And then this morning I put up a picture on my story of my weights and resistance bands because I did like a booty workout. And then I have a picture of my 10k run, right? So I think if you look at my Instagram story, you'd be like, oh, she's, you know, she's got her life together. She's going on daily walks. She's eating chocolate. She's going on 10k run, she's doing a booty workout, she's spreading positivity, and like, yes, all of those things are very true to my life, but simultaneously, like, I'm also having a really hard time, but I'm not going to put all that stuff on my Instagram, because that's not what you do, you know, and I do think that I am the type of person who would, like, openly speak about those things, like, in the last lockdown, or was it the tier system, I don't know, we've been through so much, but one of the situations where you literally weren't allowed to um, like go to restaurants or anything like that. Me and my dad went on a daily walk and we went to get coffee, which is what we do in every lockdown. And I don't know what, long story short, I asked him to take a picture of me so I could put it on Instagram. And then I made a whole post about how people are glorifying lockdown and trivializing what it is as a way of becoming a better person and you don't have to do that and so I think I am very open on social media about how I really feel and if I'm going through something but I'm also like not going to cry on my Instagram story you know 
And so this is a reminder, like you will literally only ever see someone's highlights on Instagram. Even if they do post something sad, like it's always going to be the surface level. You never know what someone's truly going through. So don't compare your situation to theirs because at the end of the day, like you literally never know what someone's going through. Um, and it's like on the flip side in more, in a more positive light, you know, when you kind of look at other people and you're like, oh, I wish I had that. Or you search for other people to bring certain characteristics into your life. Like stop looking for those people. Like you're right here. You exist. Okay. Like stop looking past who you are as a human being because the light and the fun and the personality that you're looking for in other people is also in you, you know? So it's very easy to like go on Instagram and be like, oh my God, like she's running 10K a day in lockdown. And I'm like, you know, cool. Like I know personally that running 10K a day is really good for me, but I'm not like, I didn't start running because like I wanted to be this fitness queen I started running because I was having a really hard time. Like, I literally remember, so, this is so boring, but, like, the background to my introduction to running, if you call it that, I used to run cross-country, like, when I was really, really young. I'd say I started cross-country when I was, like, eight, maybe. Um, And then I, I did that until I was about 12, and then I just didn't really like long distance running so I started to run track and I did that until I was about 16 17 um and I was just doing like 10 meters but like in order to maintain muscle and stamina and stuff like I would jog every single day sometimes twice a day so like I've always been into running and training for running but I didn't start like running and tracking my runs until I was like going through a really hard time. And I was like, I just need, like, I need a part of my day where I'm not just sat with my thoughts. Like I'm, I'm actively doing something. Um, and I started with treadmill running, but then I absolutely hate treadmill running because you're just staring at the calories that you're burning. So I just didn't really think that was healthy for me to just see that because I knew I'd, I wouldn't get off the treadmill if I didn't hit a certain amount. So even though I do still run with my Apple Watch, now I'm very much like I'm I'm looking at the number that's the distance, not the calories. Um but yeah, I, I started with treadmill running and I would literally just go to the gym. And I, f- I feel like when you're running, I mean yes you can listen to music or a podcast, whatever, but you kind of don't like you don't have any other option than to deal with what's going on in your brain. And that's what I like about running. Like, I feel like I have my most profound revelations when I'm on a run. So I don't know. It's like, it's funny when people are like, oh my God, you're so fit. Like you're so into exercise. I'm like, oh my God, no, I'm literally like, I'm not, like, I don't even look like I work out. Not that, God, please don't take that in the wrong way. I hope that you all know what I mean when I say that. I know that you can't look a specific way, but like, I don't have like ripped abs or anything like that. And so one might not assume that I work out as much as I do, but when people realize how much I work out, they're like, oh my God, that's like, 
you're so into fitness, blah, blah, blah. And like, yes, I am. And I completely love that community and the people I've met through working out. But I never really started to love fitness for like the the body of it. I don't know. It's it's weird. I'll probably do like a whole separate episode on that if anybody's interested. But like I literally what I'm trying to say is that I run to keep sane. Like if I don't run, like I will just have a mental breakdown. And even though I do have mental breakdowns when I run, they could be a lot worse if I didn't. Like I just need that extra endorphin rush. So the next time you see someone going on their fucking 70 mile run and you think oh my god like why am I not doing that like oh my god they're so so much better than me or blah 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 like they're not they're just you don't know what someone's going through that could be their one free time especially in a lockdown like that could be the only time they have by themselves so the next time you look for something in someone else next time you want to pick out someone else's good qualities find it in yourself like if you really I've spoken about running so much but like if you want to run like if you see a bunch of people running 10ks and you want to run a 10k and you want to do it for you you don't want to do it because you want to be that person like you want to do it for you do it like I promise you it's not as daunting as it seems this has come from someone who started to despise running because I ran cross country um it's not as like literally start with start with 2k you I think you can run a 2k in like 10 minutes just do a 10 minute jog around the block and then build your way up, and next thing you know, you'll be running 10k, but you have to want to do it for you, you can't want to, oh my god, I'm so sorry, this Apple Watch, is, I don't know how to fucking mute it, but yeah, you can't want to take the personalities from other people, because you think they would look more attractive on you, because in that situation, you are just literally just copying someone else, you know, and it's like, you know when someone copies your homework when you're in school? And like you have the exact same thing, but one of you gets a lower mark. It's like it just doesn't it doesn't work. Like it has to be authentic. And so if you really do admire something in someone else, just look for it in yourself. Like I promise you you will find it. Um like there are I think maybe when you're a bit younger, you like see other people's music taste and you're like, oh god, like I wish I listened to these cool bands and stuff like that. And I remember when I was in school, no one really listened to the music that I listened to. And not to sound like, oh my god, I'm so quirky, because god, it was fucking horrible, not knowing who, like, all these hot boy bands were, but I very much grew up on, like, the Smiths and Def Leppard and Boston, and, I mean, I was a One Direction stand, so, you know, I knew my boys, but, like, I just didn't really listen to that sort of music, I guess you'd call it pop music, and so I would always try and be like, oh, I like, I like the same band as you, and I'd, like, try and pretend that I liked other people's music taste and then it just didn't work out like I couldn't listen to the music it was horrible like I would sit there with my earphones in and be like I don't like this I don't like this why am I doing this to myself and then I just like grew up <laughs> and it actually was like when I went to Soul Cycle actually that I was like, oh my god, like, people listen to the same, like, people my age listen to the same music as me, and it was so fucking cool, because I went to, um, I went to one class, which is literally the class that I go to all the time now, like, every day, and she played, I think she played Pour Some Sugar On Me by Def Leppard, and then in the next class she played, um, Welcome to the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance, and I was like, oh my god, like, people have the same music taste as me, like, I'm not crazy, 
And I was like, there was no need for me to pretend that I liked different music because I found my people, you know? And it's really cool when you like have that moment, especially if you feel like you were trying to be someone else to fit in and then you like eventually find the people who are like exactly like you and you're like, damn, where were you guys before? You know, where were you guys before? But yeah, I don't know. It's it's like you tend to overlook how great of a person you are when you're looking at how great you think other people are. And other people are great. Like, I know such amazing people, and I'm sure you're all such incredible people, but you have to see it in yourself. Like, you have to be like, oh my God, like, why am I so attracted to this person? Like, why do I think that they're so cool? And then, like, I know I said this previously in another episode, but like, you look for it in yourself when you say, oh, that makes me cool too. Because I do think that more often than not, people could have the exact same characteristics as someone else and they'll praise the other person for it, but not themselves. And then it's like, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? Like, you're cool too. You're incredible too. But yeah, I feel like I just spoke about fitness for way too long. Now I'm like, do I even make a separate podcast episode about it? Because it does find a way to worm itself into every single episode I like record but I do actually just want to talk about like coping in the pandemic and I do hope that everybody is coping okay um I don't want to say well because as much as I do hope you're coping well I know that this is a really really hard time and very unprecedented and nobody knows when it's going to end unless you're in Australia or New Zealand and you're just living the life that I dream of um but I've been like making jokes and stuff about how like, I really don't want to socialize when this is over. I mean, I made an Instagram post about it. I made a tic- I've made multiple TikToks about it, actually. Um, I don't know. I just have really kind of accepted my own company. And like, like I said, I'm not really the most sociable person anyway. And I'm very introverted. But the idea of going to a club after COVID is terrifying. I don't want to do that. Please, no. If any of my friends are listening to this, do not ask me to come clubbing or raving. I will not be there. Like, it. I don't know. I just, well, one, I feel like I don't actually want to be that close to that many people. Um, And two, By the time this ends, I'm probably going to be about 24, and I don't want to go, I don't want to be in a club. There it is, I said it. I mean, I've always hated clubbing anyway, I only just went because, like, everyone else who was my age was going, and you know, when you turn 18, you're just like, oh my god, I can finally go to a club, and then you just go to all of them. Like, I've really rinsed out that energy out of my body, and now, more than ever, I'm like, get me the fuck out of here. I think literally, like, it might have been like a week before, two, maybe two weeks before lockdown, I was in a club and we were literally like sharing drinks and stuff. And it's it's just crazy that that was like so normal. And now I'm like, no, no way, not, not going to do that one again. <laughs> but I think like, I know I'm making light of the situation and laughing, but I do think that like it's very important to remember that some people really aren't going to be ready to just bounce back into things. I know there are people who are literally just waiting for the day. They can be blackout drunk on a dance floor, but 
like I just I don't know I think like a lot of people have a lot of anxiety about how life is going to be after COVID which is so okay and so normal um and I just think if you are one of those people that's just so ready to go clubbing and so ready to like go into massive social situations you need to completely understand that this has been a horrible experience for so many people and like I don't think it's fair to just assume that the way that you feel is the way that everybody feels like it's not one universal experience we've all gone through the same thing but we haven't all experienced it the same and I feel like because of that there are going to be some people like I said who are just so ready to go and socialize and some people who are going to have the hardest time socializing and like will continue to stay at home and that's just going to be the way their life is and that's okay like you can't expect everyone to just come out of this the way they went in. And I don't think anyone will, even the people who want to go and socialize and go clubbing, I don't even think they'll leave lockdown the same human being. Like I haven't seen some of my best friends in like over seven, eight months. And I'm like, the next time we see each other, like, am I going to be shy? Am I going to be nervous? Am I going to have to reintroduce myself? And like that's not something I've ever felt before and there have been long periods of times where like I've gone without seeing my best friends but like this is just so weird because in this long period of time the world has completely crumbled and I don't know I don't know it's just it's really daunting and scary and nerve-wracking and the re- the I think the only reason I'm so aware of the fact that I'm like not ready to go back into the real world is because you know during those gaps between like lockdowns and tier systems where restaurants reopened and cinemas reopened and all that jazz um gyms reopened like I so okay I think there have been two gaps in between the lockdowns and in the first one I I only saw two of my friends. I didn't see any, like, I met up with two of my friends for lunch. And then that was it. And I could feel myself being awkward around two people that I'm very comfortable around. I could feel myself being awkward. And it was because besides from, like, being in lockdown and only ever seeing my family, when lockdown was lifted, I still didn't go, like, to bars and stuff. So. I was only seeing my family and then people at gyms. And so when I had to like actually socialize and like actively engage in conversations, I was like, I don't know how to do this. Like I am, I'm so out of practice. All I've done this year is watch films, read books and cry. So (laughs) it's just so, I don't know, it's crazy. And like, even when I think about the amount of babies who were born in the pandemic, like, this is going to have a massive effect on their development and their growth. And I saw this video of this little kid who was like touching all these boxes, um, like electricity boxes or just anything. And she thought it was hand sanitizer. Like, that is insane. Like, that is so crazy that that's the world we live in. But like, this is our new normal. And even like, Zoom and lectures and stuff have just become so normalized that I do think that hopefully the day when COVID ends is very soon. But I think post COVID, 
that will continue. I don't think we're going to stop with this kind of online world that has taken place because we've realized that it works. And I I do think it's a kind of regression rather than a progression. Um, I guess some people would see it in the opposite way, but I just think that you thrive so much on human interaction, whether you know it or not. And I'm someone who very much like needs to see someone's facial expressions to completely understand what they're saying because I'm a very blunt texter. Like I don't know. I'm just, I'm just a blunt texter. And sometimes people get really offended by what I'm saying. And it's like, I'm by, by all means, like feel what you need to feel. I'm not invalidating anybody's feelings, but like I never had the intention to be rude, but because it's just words on a screen, you as the reader interpret it in your own way, you know, and if it's not the way that you would text, then you it comes across as rude. And so, especially with like office jobs, I would assume, you know, you're having board meetings on a fucking Zoom call and like, yes, you can see people's faces, but they're in tiny boxes someone's wi-fi is probably not working someone probably hasn't muted their mic someone's mic probably has been muted the whole time they've been speaking like it's just not the same as being in person but I don't see people saying oh yeah let's just go back to the office then you know I think so many offices will close down and because people have realized that they could have done exactly what they were doing in the office at home like work from home I think is going to run the world and the same with like online fitness and as much as I'm like I respect everybody's hustle um and I'm like you do you like you know I've seen so many people start up like fitness things online through the pandemic and I'm like I support them all like this is so cool but I love 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 being in massive groups for fitness and I think it's because I grew up doing competitive sports like even even the sports that you do like by yourself, like when I run track, like I'm still part of a team and I don't know, there's that whole like team bonding experience that I really like. And I'm going to miss that if everything goes online and I really hope it doesn't. And that's why I see it as like going backwards rather than going forwards, because as much as it's kind of like the progression of technology, it's like the regression of society. I don't know. That sounded very um, sociological. I think you can tell that I did a sociology a level but yeah I don't know it kind of it's like there are really two sides to it and only two sides the pros and the cons and just for me personally I just see more cons than pros about a post-covid world you know like even even the people who are going to be like me and who are going to be very like I don't really want to go clubbing and I don't want to socialize as much it's like that's not I know at least for me like that's not good for my mental health but I'm just not ready to be in such massive groups yet and maybe that will change and hopefully it will change but the way things are looking right now even like I would say I'm I'm healthy-ish I'm not the healthiest but I'm like healthy and I'm young um and so I know that the chances of me, of my body, sorry, fighting off COVID is very high. I was still so terrified anytime someone coughed in public. Anytime I saw someone in the grocery store coughing, I was like, oh, that's it. That's it. I've got it. 
And I'm like, now how do I rewire my brain to not think that way about any germ, any pathogen, anything in the air, anybody coming anywhere near me? And how do I rewire my brain to live in a maskless society again? Like how, you know, and for anyone who's doing a psychology degree or a medicine degree with the intentions of going into therapy, you are going to be making bank, like stick with your degree. You are going to be making the big bucks when this whole situation is over, because I'm going to tell you for free, everybody needs to see a therapist when this is over. Because the emotional damage and the toil and everything that this will have on someone's psyche, brain, emotional stability, just everything is going to be completely shifted and completely shaken. And literally drag your friends to therapy when this is over. Tell everybody they need to go. And I know that therapy is its seen as a privilege. I, I don't think it should be. I don't think it should be as expensive as it is. But here is my ideal situation post-COVID. Therapy becomes free for a year for everybody, period. I think that's how it should be. The government should pay therapists, especially you, Boris Johnson, if you're listening, because you are the reason we are in this mess. Yes, you did not start the virus, but what the fuck? Sir, respectfully, what the fuck? Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, like I just... I don't know, like it's just so important to talk about what we've experienced. And I remember at the beginning of um the lockdown, people were like, write this down, write this all down, because historians are going to need written documents of what we all experienced. Um and I I started writing like the universal experience. Like I was writing like, we're on day five of lockdown or day six of quarantine or whatever. And now I look back at my diary from the first lockdown. I'm like, oh my God, Mary, you actually needed therapists. Like you were not doing okay. And so that's <laughs> that's my contribution to history. When you see my sad emotional letters published in your grandkids' history textbooks, we will know why. But yeah, I mean, as you can imagine, some people genuinely like haven't left the house since March. That's not good for anybody. And I know they have to do it. Like nobody... Nobody chooses to do that, but like, how insane, you know? So yeah, Bojo, if you happen to be one of my listeners, <laughs> um, I would love some free therapy because breaking the bank for therapy is is not fun, and I, I I don't think anybody should have to pay extortionate amounts. But here we are. That is the world we live in. I think I have a lecture in fifteen minutes this is, this is what I mean, I'm not, this just, ah, my brain is fried, anyways, yeah, I mean, I think what you should take from this podcast episode is, if you haven't watched Grey's Anatomy, watch it, okay, let it be your, what one are we in, lockdown three comfort TV show, and if you have watched it, rewatch it, I'm actually only re-watching it as much as I am now because one of my friends started it for the first time and the other one of my friends just finished it and is re-watching it and I've been watching it for about eight years so whenever someone talks about it I'm like ding 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 time to re-watch Grey's Anatomy 
And I've seen so many, oh my God, I've seen so many people talk bad about that show. And honestly, it is the best TV show in the world. I'm sorry if that polarizes my audience, but I love it. And I love, actually, all my favorite characters are not in it anymore. Apart from one. But in case my friend listens to this, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say who's not in it. But yeah, I mean, I think I don't have a choice but to keep this very short and brief, even though I think it might be over half an hour, so it's not that short. Um, but as I said, I do have a lecture soon, and this has to be up tomorrow. I know, it's so unlike me to record the day before, but yeah, uni's, uni's stressing me out, and I've been having some breakdowns. To be fair, I was going to record this on the weekend, and I just couldn't stop crying, and I was like, hmm, should I do a crying podcast episode? And then I just went and got tequila and some matcha ice cream and watch Grey's Anatomy. So I saved you guys. Could you imagine if I did a fucking crying episode? Oh my god, I would never get a job. I feel like somebody would literally listen, like they'd Google me and find that episode and be like, she's not emotionally stable. We can't hire her. But I don't want a job anyway. So sucks to be you, employer. No, I I need to stop saying that. Actually, I know I said I was going to end this, but I'm going to go on a little ramble. I need to stop saying I don't want a job because I'm scared I'm manifesting it. I'm really scared I'm manifesting it. And like, obviously I'm very fortunate to get paid through like social media and stuff, but I don't get paid that much. Like I <laughs> I need <laughs> I need a job, but I don't want one. I don't want a job. I just think like I'm not and I've said this to people before, and actually I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before. You're probably starting to see that a theme here. Like I have a really bad memory. Um so please excuse me if I repeat myself, but I just, I'm not made for the nine to five life. I'm not. And it's so strange because I never used to tell people that. I never used to say that to people. I just kind of thought it in my head and I was like, oh my God, Mary, no, you're a lazy bitch. Like everybody else just gets on with it. But people have said it to me and I've been like, oh my God, oh my God. Like it's not just me then. It's not just, it's not just me that sees that about myself. Like I'm not made for nine to five. With with this humor, you must be kidding me. To sit in an office, you're ha- no fucking way. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And I was also talking about like moving out because you know I I want to move out. Oh my god, ah! I want to move out, and I know exactly where I want to live, and I know what flat I want to live in. Blah blah blah. Anyways, my parents have always said to me like, "There's no rush." And I feel like everybody else my age who is moving out right now, um, who I know, they're moving out because they don't live in London. And so they're like, I just need to get to London. Whereas I live in London. So like, I have nowhere to go, you know, like I'm not trying to leave a suburban town or something. Like I'm, I'm already here. I'm in the heat of it. So I'm like, oh my God, there's like, there's no pressure on me to get a job right now. Apart from the fact that I want to move out. But then I'm like, I don't need to move out. You know, Anyways, this is the dilemma that goes through my brain every single day because I'm like, I just, I just want to make an income. Well, actually, no, I don't, I don't even care for making an income. This is the thing. Like, I know I, I need to because the capitalism, but like, I just want to do what I love. Oh God, this is so sad, but it is how it is, isn't it? Oh. But like, I mean, Spotify, if you're listening, if you want to pay me the same as you pay Meghan Markle, I'd be down for that because she's getting like over 10 million guys. Like, did you, oh, where's, 
Oh, I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, why did it go wrong for me? Why couldn't my friends put me on a blind date with a, with a prince? Why could that not have happened to me? But the similarities between me and Meghan Markle, hear me out, Spotify, if you're listening. So I go to the University of Sussex. She's the Duchess of Sussex. I do a law degree. She played a lawyer in suits, well, a paralegal in suits. Um, I'm biracial. She's biracial. See, if you just want to send me, I don't even need like the full 10 million. Actually, I think it's a lot more than that. But let's say it's 10 million. You could just send me 10% of that. Honestly, and then I'm set for life. I can live in the flat that I want to live in and I can move out. That's not going to happen. Anyways. Yeah, this has been kind of all over the place, but, um, oh, I also just wanted to say, guys, so many of you messaged me this week, I don't know what it was, like, my most recent episode and one of my first episodes just kind of got really, like, a lot of views randomly, not views, what the fuck is wrong with me, streams, listens, is that what you call them, I don't know, um, like, really randomly, like, obviously I have my regular audience and I know how many people listen weekly and then like these two episodes for some reason kind of just blew up and then I was getting all these messages and like when I say to you I literally I cry at every message and I I show my parents and I'm so grateful for this community that I've cultivated of listeners who feel comfortable enough to reach out to me and share their own stories with me and I honestly try and respond to all of you. If I haven't responded, honestly, I'm just a bad texter or responder, I guess you call it. But I see all of them and they make my fucking day. Like they really send me on an emotional roller coaster. Um, And then whenever I'm having a moment where I'm like, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing or if I have a moment of self-doubt. I look at those messages and they just, they make me cry. So to anyone who has messaged me, thank you so much. And I think it's also so cute because like I have friends who have messaged me and been like, oh, you know, like this was a really good episode, blah, blah, blah. But it means so, not that it means so much more, but it's like for someone to take a moment out of their day who doesn't know me to write such lovely words is like, so, oh my God, like, if we weren't living in a pandemic, I'd give you my address and ask you to come give me a hug because you guys are just the fucking best. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'll leave it on that little cringy, embarrassing, cute moment. (laughs) Um, also actually, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Here we go, guys. I've avoided saying this because I just, I honestly didn't want to, I didn't want to say it because I don't like asking for things. I don't like asking for things from people, but I hear it at the end of every podcast and I've never said it. So I'm going to say it now. Um, and I'm never going to say it again. Well, at least I'm going to try not to say it again. I hope I don't have to say it again. Besties, you listen to me. This isn't a threat, but you listening to me. Um, if you could go and give me a rating on Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate it. Okay, thanks. <laughs> oh, guys, honestly, asking people for things makes my skin feel like it's going to shed. I can't even explain that. But... Like, I don't, I don't ask people to think, oh, the only person I ask for anything is my dad when I want more money, but that's it. That's it. So anyways, don't feel that you have to do that. 
if you don't want to, if you don't have Apple Podcasts, that's absolutely fine. But that that's the vibe, right? That's what people say at the end of their podcast. So I'm going to say that now because I think after this many episodes, I can say that I'm a podcaster. I mean, some people might beg to differ, but, but here we are. Here we are. And I'm me and I get to define who I am. So I'm going to say I'm a podcaster. There we go. It's into the universe now. Spotify, it's in the universe. So if you want to send me the Meghan Markle check, I'd appreciate it. Anyways. Bye, guys. <laughs> Look after yourself in this lockdown. And remember that Instagram and social media are people's highlights. I promise you that the person that you saw with their new Gucci bag on their luxurious walk through fucking southwest London or whatever has also had a breakdown this lockdown. So just remember that you're doing the best you can. And that is good enough. Okay, bye.